party people. Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I'm your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week on the show, I am joined by my good friend Tom Harrison for a game of Matthew R.F. Volisek's Standoff, a game about telling ridiculous stories together. And let me tell you, Tom and I told a very ridiculous story together. I love this game. Standoff is a game for two to six players that takes about an hour to play, in which players tell the story of the high-stakes battle between hero and villain, full of double crosses, triple crosses, backstabs, frontstabs, twists, betrayals, counter-betrayals, double crosses, triple crosses, and absolute ridiculous story turns. It is very good, it is a lot of fun, it is incredibly simple to play, and honestly, I think you're really gonna dig the silly, silly, outrageous story that Tom and I told together. Tom, you'll know from ShuffleQuest, the cross-dimensional, cross-property, uh, pop culture actual play in which a group of heroes travel between time, space, and from one, honestly, kind of terrible, officially licensed media property role-playing game to the next. It's really good and funny and silly and just, I can't recommend it enough. You really should check it out. Find links to Standoff, ShuffleQuest, and everything else in the show notes below. Now on that note... Let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am once again sitting down with my good friend, Tom Harrison. Tom, thanks so much for coming back on Party of One. Well, golly gee, thank you for having me. It's, it's been an honor. I, I mean, already. <laughs> I'm very happy. I'm happy to, I'm happy to have you back. I'm, I'm excited. I think this is going to be great. But real quick, at the top of the show, why don't you take a moment and let the lovely listeners at home know about all the cool stuff that you've got going on that you want them to know about. Why don't I? Well, I don't see a reason why not, so I'll do it. I am host and GM of ShovelQuest, a very funny comedy RPG actual play podcast, the premise of which is three D&D adventurers travel to different pop culture worlds on an epic quest through a number of weird settings, and each time we go to a setting, we use the RPG system of the world that we go to, and the story always keeps going. Even though we started in Men in Black World and the arc that we just finished or is really close to finishing uh, takes place in the world of Wuthering Heights using a one page RPG translated badly from French that I found on Google. Exceptionally good. That is I feel like I feel like that is that is that is peak role playing game is when you get that good badly translated game from another language that you're like, that feels like it's got to be a mistranslation. And then we're like, well. It's written there, so we're doing it. I mean, like, no joke, no shade on what we've played before, but, like, that one-page Wuthering Heights RPG that doesn't actually have a way to, like, resolve checks uh, was, like, somehow the most fun one we've played, like, by a huge margin. That's incredible, and I'm delighted to hear that. I cannot, I cannot wait to hear it. I cannot wait for the listeners to hear it. It's going to be very good. Yes. So, this week, we are playing Standoff. Uh, Standoff is a game about telling ridiculous stories together. It is a game about double crosses, triple crosses, uh, feints, bluffs, you know, ridiculous confrontations, and the ultimate showdown between a hero and a sinister villain. Uh, we are going to create every piece of this story together from the initial premise to the, to the final confrontation. It is very lightweight. Pretty much the rules are as simple as they can be. We're just going to use a few index cards and a, a few index cards and a few writing implements to tell this sort of ridiculous, over-the-top sort of hero versus villain story. Tom, are you as excited as I am? Oh, oh my word, yes. So I got this on Itch.io because I'm like, well, it's it's cheap. Might as well make myself know what the game's about before we start recording. And I'm just like, this is the kind of like 
held together with spit and willpower bullshit that I love. This is my mm-hmm. exact jam. Yeah, I love this game facilitates ridiculous improv storytelling in a way that like I am overwhelmingly excited about. Yeah, it's basically it's, it's basically like I shoot you with a laser like I took an anti laser pill the game. Yeah, it's fantastic. I'm real excited about it. So let's go ahead and dive in. Uh, we are going to start things out with an overview. We're going to lay out the world. We're going to lay out the kind of story that we're telling and we're going to kind of figure out what we're interested in as plot elements and sort of concepts and what we're not interested in. So mm-hmm. we're going to start out with two cards. We're going to start out with a restrictions index card, which is a list of things that we are not like interested in seeing in the game. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, hand wave and say that the safety stuff that like is always on the table, you know, racism, sexism, uh, sexual assault stuff, all of that stuff is just on the table, like naturally, like that stuff is off is off limits already. So I think this is more so like, just things within, you know, within the sort of agreed upon play space that we're not interested in seeing, Mm -hmm. or that we're not like feeling tonight, not so much stuff that would make us feel unsafe or uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. And then we have our seeds, which are things uh people places objects props ideas genres that really kind of get our gears going and get us sort of excited and the stuff that we would really like to see in the game so i'm going to throw it over to you at the at the at the very top do you have anything that you want to throw into restrictions anything that you're just not not feeling excited about anything you kind of want to preemptively be like i don't really want to tell a story about this um Edit out this long pause because I don't know if I want to say what I'm about to say. Because I kind of want to throw out like no like high fantasy. I was I think. about I, to I say no European fantasy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then for sure. Yeah. No like D and D wizard stuff. Yeah, that's just not really the genre that I'm feeling telling a story about. So like I feel like that that kind of covers almost everything that I would want to like restrict, right? Like wizards and magic and and like jousting and all that. Like mm-hmm, I'm just mm-hmm. not terribly excited about that. So I think like that's kind of the thing that I would like to cross off. Likewise. Um, I think, I mean, that's really what was uh, stuck in my mind as like a girl. I hope I don't have to be yeah. like Zalaxes the wizard. Uh, so as long as we got well, that, I'm going to force you to play Zalaxes the wizard, but that's a whole separate thing. Okay, fair enough. I I brought that on myself. Uh, but yeah, other I than think that's, that, that feels right, right? Mm-hmm. So then let's dive into seeds, and then we can always add things to the restrictions list later. If something comes up and we're like, eh, I'm not really feeling like like going down that road, we can always add stuff to that later. Cool. Uh, so seeds. What they are is an element. They can be anything we can think of, often something like a location, object, character, theme, emotion, or so on. The way this is going to work is we are going to lock and change seeds until we've both come up with a few. We'll probably say like two or three each. Mm -hmm. That feels like a good number. Uh, And we'll kind of go, or or we might even just go until we feel like we have a good idea of what the story we're telling is. Mm -hmm. Um, the way that this is going to work is one of us will throw out a seed, which is one of us will announce a seed, and then the other player will either lock it, writing it down on the card, or change it, which is uh, inverting or altering it or offering a different take on that idea until we find something that we're both excited about. Cool. And you'll and when you change, you hand it back to me to either lock or change further. Mm-hmm. 
So, um, do you have anything that you want to throw out as a C? I'm thinking like, um, I'm thinking like a archipelago world, like a water world type okay. setting where uh, there there are no major continents. All right, I'm gonna lock that in. And I was going to throw out, uh, I was gonna throw out a seed that we had been kind of riffing on before the recording a little bit. Mm-hmm. That is uh, sort of throwing a hard left turn into that, or a hard a hard curveball at that. I want to throw out the seed that is uh, '90s s extreme superheroes. Oh my god! <laughs> um. Okay. Okay. I'm thinking, is there any is there any sort of spin I can put on that? But it, it is spinning wildly already. <laughs> I'm gonna lock that in. '90s extreme right. superheroes. Yeah, we were we were riffing on Adam the ex- Adam X the Extreme earlier, and so I've I, it just it's it kind of been in my head, and I have a deep soft spot for that kind of '90s, uh, like Image Comics, Wildstorm Comics, Trash Comics mm-hmm. superhero. They're all wearing weird things on their head, like a like that padded thing that Shatterstar wears. Yep. Ugh, ugh, it's beautiful. I I love it. Um. Another seed. Um, if you got one to throw it out, because I am. I'm trying to think. Sort of spinning my wheels. Um, I might. Let me look at the seed. Hey, there's a random seed table that I might throw some stuff. That might has some some options. Um, I'm thinking maybe throwing out some sort of uh. Hmm. What do we want? Like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to decide. So we've got a water world and nineties sort of extreme superheroes. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe some sort of, I feel like we need, I feel like we need like a good, like prop. i so I want to kind of throw out a prop. Maybe, uh, if I'm going to throw out jet skis. Uh huh. And if you want to change that and come up with something more specific or more extreme, I, I'm all. I'm glad you said more extreme. So I'm definitely going to do that. Um, I'm going to say that these are. So imagine you know your your Honda motorcycle, all streamlined and whatnot. Yeah. Now imagine a uh, sort of a a extremely bulky, uh, fat tired ATV. I want our jet skis to be that to the streamlined motorcycle that a normal jet ski is, and. Uh, I would for sure want them to shoot fire out of the back. Yeah, okay. And so this is the primary mode of transportation in the world. This is sort of like um, you know, cuz this is what they're selling the act. This is what they're selling with the act. Yeah, yeah, figures. yeah, exactly. Okay. So we have ATV. I'm going to lock that in ATV jet skis. Okay. Big hulking. I'm going to write in parentheses Batman tumbler. Oh fuck yes. There it is. Except while that has sort of a, a sort of a muted color palette, uh, these are all these are all bright neon for sure. Uh, also, right. do they have a bunch of shit just like strapped to them, like a bunch of weird blades that don't cut anything? Oh, obviously, obviously, right? And they're all well. I think they're all. I think some of them do. I think they are all like super super personalized to basically to push these to push the action figure. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it also shows you who's a main character because it's the person who is in te- who is interesting enough to warrant such a personalized fucking rig. Yeah. Anything else you want to throw out? 
So we got a water world full of extreme guys who are on uh, big ATV jet skis. Uh, I'm just going to say it. I've been reading uh, One Piece like a fucking maniac for the last two months because of the Shonen Jump app. Uh, so I'm thinking there is some sort of artifact from the far past that everyone in the world wants to find. Uh, I'm going to uh, change that seed and say it is uh it is not an ancient or maybe maybe it's ancient but i want to say it's an alien artifact Ooh, yes like it's like the remnants of a spaceship now this needs a cool name uh this needs well not a cool name it needs a stupid name because it's just 90s superheroes we're talking about so i'm thinking this would be like like the mother fragment Mm, the mother frag. What can it be? What about? What do you think about the Omni fragment? Because I feel like Omni is a very good, uh, terrible '90s prefix. Hell yes. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. The Omni fragment. Write down Omni fragment. And lastly, I would like to throw out the seed of. Uh, I'm getting a lot of. I think. Uh, what do you think about so- like swords? Hmm, I think we need some some spin on it, but I like where we're starting okay. from. I want to throw out sword play as a seed. That 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 the primary like soup that the 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 fighting style of this comic is sword play, primarily like leaping from jet ski to jet ski and doing sword fighting. But if you have a a more specific spin on that, I want to hear. So here's what I'm thinking. You know how in some fighting games, you got your characters that they, they, their whole thing is that they want to launch into the air and have these long midair combos where they just hang in the sky for like minutes at a time. I'm feeling like everyone can just do that in this world. Like that's just a part of learning how to use a sword. Yeah. So we're talking guys who are going to jump off their jet skis and sort of clash in midair for like a minute at a time before uh invariably landing back on their jet skis which have been moving the whole time of course yeah for sure so what i'm hearing from that what i would like to pitch writing down is aerial combo clashing uh yes agreed all right i think we got it and i can't i think that's actually a really good picture I feel like that's a really good picture of all of our seats. Yep. Uh, agreed. I feel like I have a really clear idea of this particular like story of like jet ski pirate sword battles all happening in, in the air. I'm picturing a lot of like uh, in terms of the aerial combo clashing, I'm picturing a lot of like Lee, like, you know, Rob Liefeld cover how they're always running sort of at the mm-hmm. camera, but like just to the side of it. I'm picturing a lot of angles of that where someone's like readying a sword and then flying. Yeah. And like how their the, the angles of their legs don't make sense. It's like, well, it was on purpose. That's what they're actually doing. Yeah, it's all it's all cool. They're in midair. So they're just flying through the air. That's why we don't have to like learn real body composition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not because I'm lazy. It's because I'm a visionary. I, I like this a lot. Yeah, I mean, no shade on D&D, but why would you do standard European medieval fantasy when you could do this? When you could do, hold on, trying to decide. I think the last thing I want is a name to put on the front cup, put on cover of issue zero, because it's it's rarer than issue one. That's where the money is, is in the issue zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, what's the name of this? Uh, I'm thinking Blood Ocean colon Diesel. 
What? How dare you? Uh, easily. How dare you? Because that is the greatest thing that <laughs> Blood Ocean Diesel Blades. Oh, oh, yeah, Blood Ocean Diesel colon Blades. <laughs> yeah, Blood o- Blood Ocean colon Diesel colon Blades. Or maybe like Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, where it's colon and then dash. Oh, yep, it's got to be a dash. Yep, that's what it is. So I can't see what you're writing on your card, but I just want to know for my own edification. When you wrote down Blood Ocean colon Diesel dash Blades, what was the last letter that you wrote? Uh, it was an S, but I'm open to having that seed change. Oh, man, because I wrote a Z is why I asked that. That's got to be a Z. <laughs> it's, I think that's why, I, that's why I said it. I think you're absolutely right. It's got to yeah. be a Z. Fuck. Blood Ocean Diesel Blades. Fuck. And we're done. I, I don't know that we need to go any yeah, further, honestly. This is honestly. a beautiful souffle. No need to touch it any further. You know, sometimes you realize you have perfection, and then what do you, where you have to continue. You have to push on, but I feel like we, we hit it mm-hmm. real early in the episode. <laughs> yeah, episode right. over. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Back it up. All right, so now we're going to lay out our antagonist, protagonists, and any minions or allies that we want to throw in. Minions and allies we can always throw in later, but the protagonist and antagonist we want to kind of map out up front. We're going to start with the, um, we're going to start by laying out the antagonist. The way that we'll do that is largely through lock and change like we've just done. Uh, and then we'll lay out the protagonist after that. Mm-hmm. Important things to note are that characters don't belong to anyone. At any point, we can always hop in from character to character. It's about creating the most ridiculous situation. Um, and you can always inhabit a character by picking up the card with all of their information on it and then play that character specifically. Cool. And then we can always say like, oh, I have a great idea. If you would like to hand me off that card or put it back on the table, like we'll kind of work Mm -hmm. it out that way. So our antagonist, we're going to start out with another index card. We're going to write a capital A in the top corner of that card. Uh, they're motivated by a sinister goal. They are unbeatable. They're, they're incredibly powerful. Their defeat is inconceivable. But they will be defeated there. It is inevitable at the end of the story that they are defeated. So how we're going to do this is we're going to uh, use the same use the same process that we use for writing down seeds, which is lock in, which is lock and change. Uh, We will come up with a name, a one sentence summary. So a name, what their deal is, and then a second sentence, which summarizes the the villainous plot that they're looking for. Okay. So, do you have a pitch for for our villain, or or do you want to just kind of throw out ideas until we find what the what their 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 opening sentence is? Mm. I have an idea for uh, their jet ski, but I feel like that might okay. be something that comes later. Let's throw it out there, and then we can come up with the name and concept. From I'm thinking there. this jet ski is. Um, I'm thinking the size and general shape of like one of the great pyramids of Egypt and he's at the top or she let's not be, let's not be locking ourselves in any here. Uh, and like around the slopes are, uh, other jet skis of various specialties that he can switch to and, uh, break off of. Okay. I like that. I'm into that. Let's go with, um, I like that a lot. Let's say, um, sticking with the Z's for S's thing, I feel like Prism is a good name for him. Oh, right. I feel like I feel like he's I feel like he's a good Prism. Prism with a Z, 
and he's got like and it's all like a glass oh, pyramid yes. jet ski and he's got um have you ever seen uh like Orion from the New Gods, how he rides on his little like platform and he's got the handles that go up to his hands and they look real silly. Uh, no, but that description is very vivid. So I think I gotcha. It's very good. I'm gonna send you a photo. Uh listeners can look it up. But like Orion's like space harness is like extremely good <laughs> shit. And I feel like he rides on a pyramid. Oh my that, like, god! Has handles that come out to the sides, and he's just holding. They're on to so that. spindly. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're getting that action. So I'm gonna write down. I'm gonna lock that in and write down. Uh, write down pyramid. I'm gonna write it on the bottom of the card. Sort of a third sentence, which I think is important for our characters to know their yeah. jet skis. Is a pyramid pyramid jet ski minions. Yeah, minions are definitely on the jet ski and can peel off as needed. And uh, spindly handles. Hell yes. His name, his name is Prism. With a Z. I'm thinking with a name like Prism, wouldn't his evil plan be to use a huge magnifying glass or some sort of light refraction device uh, to boil and dry up the sea so that he may easily retrieve the Omni Fragment from the sea floor. Yes. And in fact, I will throw out a, a change to that. His jet ski is the light fragmentation oh device. God. So part of it is he needs to finish the jet ski. Ugh. I think the jet ski is finished. He needs to, I think he needs to find, hmm. Do we think he's looking for, do we think he's looking to, he's, he's looking to dry out the oceans to find the fragment or he's looking to find the fragment to dry out the oceans such that he may be king? Oh, that's a good, that's a good one. Cause then the jet ski can be repurposed as his pyramid palace. I'm going to throw out his two sentences that he is a sinister mad scientist who is looking to find the Omni fragment, place it into his pyramid jet ski and, and, uh, dry out the oceans such that he may rule that he may rule in this desert hellscape yeah yeah he's like he was born being like i am definitely a mad max warlord at heart there is too much of this danged water okay so yeah that feels pretty much right that feels pretty that feels pretty excellent i feel like that's a pretty good villain yep. so now we're gonna do the same process for our protagonist our protagonist, uh, important things to note about our protagonist is they are guided by a noble value. They are unstoppable. They will always overcome whichever obstacles are thrown, and they cannot be killed, at least not permanently, and they are destined to win. The end of our story is that our extreme 90s hero, whose pronouns are, I'm going to take a cue from all my fantasy children and roll a d6. Let's go she, yeah. her. Uh, her 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 destiny here is to is to defeat Prism in in final battle. Beautiful, I love it. Um, so I'm thinking that there's got to be some history with Prism. Now, if we're going strictly '90s, uh, I'm going to say that she. Mm, I don't know if I want to drop that now or save that for later. 
Oh boy, I'm gonna save it for later. Uh, I'm gonna say that uh, okay, her her the island she grew up on was uh, ravaged by Prism in the past, and of course she was the only survivor. Of course, sole survivor of an island paradise. Uh, she is on a she is on a a a, a quest of quest for vengeance. Uh, her jet ski is um, her jet ski is. I think uh, it's got to be very cool. I think it is dragon themed. Uh huh. Uh huh. I'm think like it looks like a. Oh, actually, if we're going big junky ATVs, I think hers is maybe like patch. I'm gonna pitch out, throw out patch. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it shows that she has humble origins and that she's built this herself in her for mission. sure, for sure. But I think there still has to be even with patchwork. There still has to be some sort of distinctive. A uh, visual theme to this. I'm thinking, um, gosh, I'm thinking crocodile. Crocodile's big, good. I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna lock in croc. I'm gonna lock in patchwork crocodile jet ski. This yes. owns. Just want to throw this out there. This owns. It, like for real. Like as much fun as this is. Like the main emotion I'm feeling is fury that I have not already found this media in the world. Like why didn't why didn't I have this as a child? This would have been exactly what I'm looking for. This is everything that I've ever wanted in like a bad. This is exactly what you would find one issue of in like a bad on like a, a spinner rack, mm-hmm. and it's issue seven, and you have not found it. Says issue seven, part one of or part two, because you're not going to find part one <laughs> of a four part story, and you're like, what? How, how, what, and then you never find any of the other issues. Or if you do, you find part mm-hmm. three and not <laughs> one or four. So her name is. I'm going to throw out Gator Sax. S A X, but S A X X. I don't know if I love Sax. Um, how about. Gator Rex, uh, yes, and that's definitely our... Th- that one, I think we can leave behind the X because spelling it out as the word Rex is in itself extreme. So R-E-X or W-R-E-C-K-S? The latter. Got it. Yep, love it. Gator Rex is a real-life... is the sole survivor of an island paradise uh, sworn to vengeance against Prism. Uh... She is, I think that's her entire back. I think that's everything that gives us her backstory. That gives us her noble goal. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. Uh, Gator Rex and Prism are my best friends and I would do anything for them. Like, I really want to own these action figures is the thing. Like, I know that they're going to be like very, very poorly made, but I want to own these action figures. I want that noted. Like, I can see, like, the janky, like, lever made out of rebar on Gator Rex's Mm -hmm. uh, jet ski that she yanks back to wrench open the gator's mouth, and then, like, she has to, like, stuff a canister of gasoline into the, into, into, like, a holster, and there's a big spray of fire as it snaps shut on, Mm -hmm. uh, 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 it's beautiful. So, do we want to uh, fill out any minions or allies beforehand, or do we kind of just want to fill that out during play? 
Um, I think it's good to have at least one of each, so we just have something to reach okay. for immediately, but these don't yeah. have to be uh, as fleshed out as Gator and Prism. Yeah. So, for our uh, for our minions, uh, I'm going to say for our minions, um, or for a minion, I think uh, what's a co- what's the coolest second in command that we can think? What's the most extreme nineties? Um, um, gosh, definitely Gore Storm. Gore Storm. Yeah, God damn, Gore Storm. Damn, Gore Storm. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna throw out as a pitch. I'm gonna throw out as a seed. Uh, eight feet tall. 600 pounds of muscle, uh, covered in scars, sort of a Zangief. Like mm-hmm. we, the, the the artists clearly saw Zangief and said, "We're going with that." And green. Um. So I love all of this. I want to add one more, and I think we'll be uh okay. set. So he has obviously, in his years of battle, been uh skewered, stuck through with swords. I'm gonna say uh, dozens of times. And most fellows, most of your yonder yonder sea dwellers would, oh, I don't know, remove the swords. I think what Gore Storm does is he just like cuts off the hilt and leaves the sword inside of him. So his back is sort of like a porcupine. Oh, that's really that's both good and terrible. I love that. Yeah. OK, that's Gore Storm. That's our minion. That's perfect. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. We have we have locked that in. Do we want an ally? Um. I think we can do that later. Okay, let's go with that later. So we've got Gore Storm, we've got uh, Prism, we've got Gator Rex. I'm loving this. I'm loving every part of this. Mm-hmm. And so now we get into the game. Here's how gameplay is going to work. We are playing through a series of scenes. Uh, each scene is a conflict between two characters. Um, and we are going to play through a series of scenes. The first scene is always one of the antagonist's minion is defeated by the protagonist's powers. We get to decide those powers in play. They are going to be things that we throw out and we say, oh, no, turns out she also has this ability. Uh, Limits will always be added to, we'll we'll throw out those during scenes and then we will add limits to those powers in conflict. Um, So the first scene is always going to be that an antagonist's minion is uh, defeated by the protagonist's powers. Our final scene is always going to be the protagonist defeats the antagonist. And however many conflicts we want to add in the middle depends on time. Yep. We'll, we'll, we'll go until we get about an hour, hour and 15. Cool. So our first scene, uh, the way that scenes work is we will pull up the exact, uh, is we're going to take an index card. On one side, we will write and, and on one side, we will write but. That's with one T. Be serious. Of course. Uh. On that card, so with that card will determine whether we're in a scene or a conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, one of us will elect to be the scene wrangler, and then we will choose the goals for that scene. The goals for this scene, the goals for the first scene are have already been laid out. The protagonist is going, one of the antagonist's minions is defeated by the protagonist's mm-hmm. powers. We can decide if that's Gore Storm or if Gore Storm is a later, is a later boss. He feels like a later boss. I feel like we need a, a like a like a sniveling type. Yeah. Or like a gang. I feel like this is a good opportunity to build a gang of minions 
that that she can just chew through. So then we are going to add now we're now that we've got our first scene conflict. Now we're going to add goals to that scene by locking and changing until each of us has locked one goal or until would you like to wrangle the first scene or should I? Uh, why not you? I will wrangle the first scene. So until I say stop or we've each locked in a goal, which is to say we'll have one or two goals, we will we will keep throwing them back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the goal, f- I'm going to say throw out the seed for this goal as uh, finding the location of of the of the the prism of the prism ski. Yeah, she needs a better name that I'll think on it. Mm-hmm. The magnifying blast. F- of course, F- fucking obviously, it's the magnifying blast. Yes, that's a, I, I'm locking in that goal. Find location of magnifying blast. I'm writing that on the antagonist card so that I remember it. Yep. Okay. So that's our goal. Uh, um, do we want a secondary goal for the scene? Um. How about um, Gator Rex uh gets a bounty. Like they become uh, enemy of the state somehow. Yep. Yep. Bounty on her head. Because, you know, you're you're 90s extreme heroes. So they're always pure hearted, of course, but they're always shunned by society, man. All right. So there's our goals. We've each locked one in. Uh, So then we are going now we play out the scene. We have our scene. We have our scene that the minions that we have that will create right now. I am going to throw out that these are uh, the the idea that I'm going to throw out for this minion is that they are surfer bandits Mm -hmm. that their their jet skis are not jet skis, but are essentially surfboards with like uh, kind of hover boat rudders on the back. Mm -hmm. Like they are. Yes, fan boat, fan boat backs. That's the word I'm looking for. Oh my god! And they use they they use these to rob people, on in 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 Prism's name. Okay. Are you into this? Do you want to change it at all? Are you feeling? Are you feeling, are you feeling about this? Um, are they meeting out on the open seas, or are are is this like a, a confrontation at a public place? I think it's got to be a public place because otherwise, how do you get a bounty? It's got to be. It's got to be on the. It's got to be on the. It's it's got to be on like yeah. Here's what I'm going to throw out. Um, the public place here is essentially like a cruise ship mm-hmm. or like a like a township. Yeah, that's a, that's a pun that I didn't intend, but I'm going to go with it. This is a township. This is where people live and the bandits are about to are in the process of raiding when she shows up. Okay. Surfer. So I'm going to write them to lock in surfer bandits on the card and that's all i'm gonna write on it because i feel like that tells us everything we need to know about the surfer bandits yes it does all right so then we have now we are in our first scene the way this works is uh we start out in and uh oh i was supposed to not put that was changed our our and and but is is a separate card from our scene card yeah this stays in every scene this uh determines whether we're yes anding or yes butting yeah so uh, how does our scene start out? Um, so our scene starts out with, I'm thinking Gator Rex, uh, after her latest, uh, adventure, part of her, uh, part of her jet ski, I'm going to say, um, Sobex 9000, 
damn it. Is, damn it. Is, damn it. It's damaged. So she's needing some parts from the local township. And she's on her way when she sees a, a hubbub. There is a... Like, people are gathered around the edge of the ship. Uh, and they she just sees dots on the water, about like a dozen of them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, people surfing in. They're like, what? Oh, no. It's the server bandits. <laughs> um upon splash page of the surfer bandits on the surfboards oh for sure there are definitely um surfer bandits who are the little like rudder on the bottom of the surfboard has been replaced with like a razor sharp blade and they Mm -hmm. they use their fan to shoot directly at the uh the hull of the ship and then the last second sort of like do an ollie and carve a deep gash into the hull and more and more of these gashes are being cut and water is the ship is the ship is taking water Mm -hmm. people are panicking people are rushing for people are rushing for the escape pods because the ship has escape pods uh yeah i'm gonna say those are just sort of your general issue jet skis like you would find in the real world like being on one of those is like absolutely humiliating yeah um and i think we i think uh you know they're, ta- they're the ship is taking damage. People are people are scrambling. There is chaos. What is what is Gator doing in this situation? I think Gator's first priority will be to protect the innocent people. So she's okay. going to try to. She's gonna. So what she's gonna do is she's gonna try to maneuver the Sobex nine thousand in between the fleeing uh, civilians and the the approaching bandits and sort of be be a uh, a wall against them. Okay. So I think like I think what we see as we get into the conflict, we're about to flip the card is uh and I will take a, I'm going to inhabit the surfer bandits when we take the conflict. So I will be Gator Rex. But uh, I think what we see is like people are scrambling and they're like, won't somebody do something? And then like where she was standing, she's just not there anymore. Uh And then there's the splash page of the Sobex 9000. This is the first time we really see it. Yeah. And this is definitely when she is pulling the the lever back to uh, open the gator's mouth. And it's like a pretty like it's a pretty heavy uh, uh, top jaw. So pulling this back takes a lot of effort, but she's yanking it up and locking it into place. Yeah, for sure. So uh, the surfer bandits see this. We flip our card into butt and they uh, one of them like jumps up, grabs their surfboard and tries to and and goes to stab like goes to just stab through Gator with the surfboard in sort of a spear motion. Um, but Gator is going to reach behind her back pull out her sword and in a flurry of blows so fast that onlookers can't even tell what she's doing she will uh cut this surfboard into a series of small slices and whap the guy uh the rider on the meat of the forehead with the hilt of her sword and as he plops into the water say uh didn't didn't anyone ever tell you it's not nice to steal from other people but as she says that, several more, like two or three more bandits leap onto the edges of the Sobek 9000 and are holding on, pulling for their own laser daggers and coming for coming in for battle. But, or rather, but 
Gator looks back and sees these people doing this and shoves a propellant canister into the jaws of the Sobex 9000 and with a loud crunch turns it 90 degrees so that instead of uh, propelling the jaws of the Sobex 9000's uh, front downward into a biting motion, it spins it 360 degrees, I'm going to say like 10 times in under a second, flinging these bandits off with, uh, without a trouble. But as that is happening, um, there is a, a whirlpool that is being spun, that is, that is being generated, that is knocking the township off tilt, putting people uh-huh. in danger. But I have to, I'm realizing I have to introduce a power of hers. Um, but seeing this, Gator Rex is going to uh, kick the Sobex 9000 into high gear and shoot it over towards the... Uh, and shoot it over towards the township, which is now spinning around, threatening to be submerged in this incipient uh, whirlpool that's being created. And she is going to roll up her sleeve. Actually, sleeveless. She's wearing a leather vest. Come on. Um, so she is going to turn her hat backwards. That's the sleeve rolling equivalent. And shove her arm uh, up to the shoulder into the water at the edge of this whirlpool. And sort of just like flex and she her whole body is going to sort of glow orange and this like flame like aura comes off of her and the whirlpool quiets mm-hmm. uh she has ocean control powers ocean control yeah, that that owns uh but in the time that it takes her to do that um she sees that like the the boat is settled but in, in focusing on that, I'm going to write down ocean control, and I'm going to introduce a limit that it takes, uh, requires concentration. And so the, the, the bandits have made it onto the ship, or at least they're climbing the hull in the time it takes her to settle that whirlpool. But seeing these bandits climbing up the hull of the ship, she unsheathes her sword and leaps off the Sobex 9000 and is running on the side of the ship like a goddamn Prince of Persia, uh, just slicing down bandits as she goes. She is uh, going to make two or three full circuits around the side of the ship, just uh, cutting Mm -hmm. them down like flies. And as she's doing this, she is looking for the leader of these bandits, if she can find them. Uh, But uh, she she does all of this. She takes out... out but she sees she sees only too late watching her from binoculars <sighs> on his surfboard is the leader of the surfer bandits who uh, draws his own sword, which is sort of a boomerang sword. Like it's sort of more like it's just like a very large boomerang with a sword edge that he's holding in both hands and leaps to the sky and starts like spinning the boomerang around him. Like that character with the with the the karate hula hoop from Soul. Hell Cal. yes, 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 yes. Uh, is this providing a sort of helicopter like lift to keep him afloat? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's more he's just kind of spinning it around him, and he's just in the air. Awesome, and running towards and running in midair towards towards Gator. Uh, but Gator seeing this, uh, jumps off of the hull of the ship directly towards this villain. And she is going to land 
on his blade and sort of be running around him in a circle, staying on the blade as he continues to spin it. Uh, And she is going to look at him and say, it's like, he's going to look at him and say, party's over, friend. Who are you working for? He narrows his eyes and says, and says, you know that this is all about prism. (sighs) But as he says that, he is going to pull out a gun. Like a Han Solo, obviously photo referenced Han Solo's blaster and like try to put it under her chin mm-hmm. as the boomerang sword is spinning around. Uh-huh. Um, but as he does this, she will do a full backflip handspring again, touching her hands to the flat of the blade as it's spinning around this guy and kick the gun into the air uh, as it spins above the two of them out of reach of either. And uh, I'm going to call that the end of the conflict because I think he goes down, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I think you take him out. Mm -hmm. I'm just, just time out for the show. I'm wondering how we're going to get the location and uh, bounty because we're sort of having, I realize now we haven't been working towards those or have we? Oh, no, it's it's fine. I, I actually have a pretty clear idea of how both of those tie in and can wrap this up. real. Oh, quick. no worries, then time back in. So um, I'm going to call this the end of the conflict. You kind of kick him. He goes down. The two of you fall into the water. You kick flip off of him, land on the Sobex 9000, which is still in motion. Yeah. And you see two things. One, the township continues to sink and people have seen you. Like people see you and like note that you are like um, you are present. Nobody's you know, it is too chaotic to have seen you your brilliant midair battle. Mm-hmm. There was too much chaos. All they saw was that you were among the beach, the surfer bandits. Yeah. Gosh. Oh, no. I'm going to say. But the other. So I'm going to say that there's one uh, small child, a plucky small child with a backwards hat who I'm going to call. Oh, Xander who who sees yep. me for what I truly am and becomes my ally. Actually, I don't like small child. Let's give him t- early teen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. X-A-N-D-Y-R. Of course. Of course. Uh, plucky teen. Plucky teen. Uh, let's go with, let's go with science whiz. Oh, fucking, of course. Let's go with science whiz because I think Xander is the one that knows how to dismantle, knows how to like shut down the magnifying blast. Uh, but the rest of the the rest of the ship has pegged this this gator woman as a, a villainous menace who has definitely yeah. taken part in the destruction. And the other thing that you see is several other of the beach. Ba- I'm going to call them the beach bandits because I think that's a good name for them. Uh huh. Uh, the beach bandits are sailing off in a certain direction. They're fleeing the scene. You have taken out their leader. They are they are cutting and running. But you can see where they're you 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 you're, we get a shot of Gator's eyes and they narrow and you go, that's where they're going. That's that's where Prism's base is. That's where you can find the magnifying glass. Here's what I'm thinking. She's going to put all five fingertips on the surface of the ocean and somehow like touch the surface but not break it and psychically read the currents that's real good no that is exactly what it is yeah, yeah. she puts 
And I think I think that's what causes when Xander sees you so delicately touch the ocean. Oh, Xander's yeah. Xander's like, well, no, they were causing destruction. But look, she she channels peace and serenity. Mm-hmm. She's not like them. I believe in her. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. I don't think the two of you join up, but I think that what we get is sort of a Bulma-esque subplot in subsequent issues of Xander, like, following behind you. Mm-hmm. Or not even Bulma, like the insurance adjusters in Trigun, <laughs> when they're always, like, three steps behind. Mm-hmm. I think it's that. Yeah, yeah. Where, like, he'll show up and, like, solve a problem that that, that Gator causes. Yeah, yeah. I love it. With a lot of with a lot of wacky adventures. God, this is good shit. So now our now our next scene. Do you have an idea for what you want the next scene goal to be? Let's do, I think, one more scene and then our big our big showdown. So this should be like our our midpoint uh like our midpoint stop on the road. This is definitely where Gorestorm shows up for certain. Um I'm going to say, just in broad terms, uh she mm, disrupts a uh, prism. The disrupts prism's latest uh, initiative and learns a shocking truth. Mm. What's our shocking truth? I think it must. It, it's just the magnifying blast is going to boil the ocean. That's oh yeah, okay, goal. yeah. She knows the full scope. She knows the full scope of the plan. Uh, and I think. Uh, I want to see. I, yeah, okay. Let's let's put that. Let's call that our scene. I think I'm fine with calling that our scene. Uh, let's see. Gator, Gator learns Prism's plan. I definitely. I also want. Um, and this can be just a, a sub goal. Uh, she definitely has to win over like the sea police. Yeah, the salt cops confronts Gore Storm. Uh, our goal. I'm gonna lock in that goal. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll lock in the goal of like. I'm actually gonna change the goal a little bit. I'm gonna yeah. go with. I'm gonna change it and say she has to evade the sea cops because mm-hmm. she's a wanted criminal. Yeah, yeah. I, I was sort of going for like, oh, this is where the, she gets the sea cops on her side. But I like it better if even on the final confrontation there is the threat of sea cop. Yeah. I think that I think the sea cops at best need to bring her in to need to bring her in and like will like she's like at like even if they work together like we'll see how the scene plays out at best they're going to bring her in and keep her from like completing her mission until it's too late. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I want to I'm going to put as a goal for the scene is uh, stop the stealing of the. uh Let's see, I need a good, the, uh, ultra lithium, the ultra lithium microwave, uh, dio emitter. The UL, the ULM DE. Not that that spells anything. It's just a, it's just a very nineties acronym. If it did spell something, it'd be even better, but, uh, but I I don't think I'm going to have time to come up with an acronym. Yeah. It's just Um, ohmed. Yeah, she wants to steal the Almd, or she wants to stop Gore Storm from stealing the Almd. Yeah. Let's go with, let's cut out Dio and just make it Ulm, because I think that's easier to say. Yep, got it. Okay, so that's our that's our scene. Um, if you would like to wrangle this one, 
since I wrangled the last one. Uh, sounds good to me. So again, just to review, our goals are she's going to confront Gorestorm and stop the stealing of the Ulm and evade the sea cops who are on her tail. Yeah. Cool. Um, I think there should and be... I think- I think there should uh, be one thing. Oh, sorry, sorry. I think there should be another goal that is sim- just that there has to be some sort of rising threat. Something the villains have to do something that makes it uh, that makes the the, the 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 that raises the stakes to a fever pitch that increases the hype of our finale. So if they're just going to be not stealing something, that's a little too lame. There needs to be some other twist. To yeah. It. Uh, I think that the stakes that I want to add here are um, maybe it's that maybe the stakes that we add here is that while she's doing this, uh, Prism is stealing the Omni, has like getting a hold of the Omni fragment. Oh, yeah. So that our big final is she has to, is that literally like literally she has to, even if they don't have the Ulm, which is how they're going to turn it into a laser and like shoot it at shoot it at like the clouds and and dry out the oceans that way with the powers of the omni fragment they can easily come up with another solution attain godhood and fry the oceans that way so she's going to have to fight prism as a god next scene no matter oh, what oh for sure i love it but this is at least her way of like making it so that so that she's only fighting prism as a god and not like his entire his entire you know the magnifying blast as a machine is disabled mm-hmm. even if prism achieves the power of god and must be defeated as yeah. a god i love it okay so i will wrangle this scene so we're going to start this scene in uh, i'm going to say that there are uh some islands that are just sort of not so much a, a, a land mass but a sort of entrance to a somehow sub ocean surface cave labyrinth that's lit with a bioluminescent mold so she has followed these bandits to a or rather so Gator Jackson has followed these bandits to one of these underground cave labyrinths and uh she's standing at the edge of the uh, she's standing at the mouth of the system it's just like a little uh outcropping of rock and the sea flows into it and she can see the uh the, the dimly lit corridors stretching before her love it uh, and I think what she sees is like a laboratory, mm-hmm. very um, Twilight Zone esque technology, big blocky mm-hmm. computers. You know, uh, Batman the Animated Series is out, so everybody is going for big fifty style computers, even when it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So the computers are very big. Lab people in lab coats are running left, right, and center, and among all of them. Uh, cracking his knuckles is Gore Storm as you know several uh, beach bandits carry off the Ulm in a box, and he's just like everybody out of my way. Yeah, uh, and the main scientist who is uh, tied up to a big pole that seems to serve no purpose other than to provide a place for scientists to be tied up. He spits the gag out of his mouth and says, you, you can't take the ohm. You just you have no idea the power it carries. You're just irresponsible. That's where you're wrong. I know exactly the power it carries and I and my boss Prism intends on using it. So unless you want to eat one of 
You see a shot of his back. These swords. I'd keep my mouth shut in that gag in place. Oh, yes, sir. I see you uh, know the arm very well. Uh, the manual's in the, in, the, in the drawer. And he's like desperately trying to like get the gag back in his mouth just by like smishing his chin down and trying to bite it off his neck. Uh, having a very difficult time. Uh, and Gorestorm laughs at his incredibly good manipulation and uh, takes the user's manual out from the nearby drawer. And from over his shoulder... We just see a, a text, a, a word balloon that just says, drop the box, bandits. And we see the two bandits look and they drop the box. And there's, oh, it, it can't be. You, you're dead. Why they think she's dead, we don't know. We don't have that issue. <laughs> <laughs> and Gorestorm looks over and says, Gator Rex, I saw you fall into that volcano with my own eyes. You should be dead, you demon bastard. Yeah, people have said worse about me. I fell, I've fallen, I've fallen a lot lower and been in a lot hotter a situation. Volcano's nothing, especially not compared to what you're about to get into when she cracks her knuckles. Um, and I'm about to flip, I'm flipping the card over to butt as Gorestorm jumps into the air and uh, she's gonna do a sort of flip as he reaches the apex of his jump and propel himself off of the roof of this cave system onto his jet ski which is i'm gonna say chainsaw themed yeah there is an enormous chainsaw on the front and he pulls the ripcord starting it up very loudly and there's a huge flume of smoke pouring from the side as he screams over the water towards uh gator rex and gator um Gator snaps her fingers and from overhead, I'm going to add a power for Gator. Uh, I'm going to add jet ski control. Gator can remote, can remote control her jet ski. Oh, her she jet snaps, ski. She na- snaps her fingers and uh, Sobex 9000 flies over her and, and, and uh, engulfs Gore Storm in fire. Um, so he, like, has he been chomped off of the bike by by the by the Sovex mouth uh yeah let's go with it <gasps> okay so i'm gonna say that but despite the fact that his uh chainsaw bike now rather his chainsaw jet ski now riderless uh veers to the side and uh embeds itself into the cave wall uh as gator rex is falling to the ground off of this uh off of her incredible jump she sees the front jaw of the Sobex 9000 fly off, torn off of its hinges, and be shot down the cave. As we see, born bone, as we see, Gorstorm, is he a hundred percent on fire for oh, sure? Yeah, are all of the blades sticking out of his back now glowing red? Uh, hell yes. Yeah. Are his eyebrows now little flames? I yes, just, I'm insulted you had to ask, and he's going to say. <laughs> Thanks for the power up and shoot right towards her a shriek of flame. And she uh, she reaches uh, she reaches to her belt, pulls out her uh, the hilt of her sword, uh, like slams it against her hip and uh, going again to soul caliber. A whip sword comes out. Oh, fuck. Yeah. 
and she uh, leaps into the sky and uh, tangles his his ankle and tries to pull him out from under him. But as his ankles are tangled up and his jump is disrupted, he is no he is not going to hesitate for a moment. He is going to grab the sword whip with his bare hands, uh, cutting them deeply and to the bone. You got deep rivers of blood flowing down his arm, putting out his arm flames as he does. And he is just going to climb up the length of this sword whip, not caring about his wounds. Uh, and he is going to, as he reaches Gator Rex, do a spin move and slash his array of burning swords uh, across her front. Uh, but as he does this, she um, she actually lets go of the whip sword. The whip sword was a distraction. <gasps> she is going to fall back as he is spinning towards her, clap her hands, and water floods the room. Oh a my blast god. Blast of ocean water floods the room as she falls back, hits the back wall and falls down. But at that exact moment, the sea cops have arrived outside and have seen only that Gator Rex has just shot a wall of water onto innocent scientists that they assume she tied up in order to drown them. And they all say, <laughs> "Gator Rex." That villain can never be rehabilitated. A true murderer born in the wool. Like, born in the wool. That's what they say now. It's a different world. Born in the wool. Time to bring her in, guys. And a uh, squad of police jet skis fly in and surround the Sobek as Gator Rex is still hovering in midair. But uh, with the water flooding the room, um, Gator Rex is able to like close her eyes, plug her mouth and just like let it uh like let it envelop her and she swims with the grace of a dolphin <gasps> like between their legs and there's a whole sequence where we're just getting a lot of like body contortion shots and she's like swirling among among sea cops and all they're left with as the water settles to about their knees is Gorsorm fully extinguished like <laughs> no She's got the alm! How does she have the alm? But the vice admiral of the sea cops, uh, <laughs> Blade McHilt, has been watching outside. Fuck. He did not come in to, to see this all happen. And he is just watching all of this with a very calm sort of demeanor. And what he is going to do is he is going to remove his bladed boot and dip his foot off of his cop jet ski into the water. And he is going to glow, not orange, but blue, as he exerts his own uh, ocean control and forces uh, and forces Gator Rex to shoot out of the water, flopping like a fish on the deck of a boat as she uh, is deposited in front of the sea cops and Bone Storm. Nope, not Bone Storm, and Gore Storm. Uh, but... In her, but as she makes, she makes her final escape by, uh, like they corner her, they surround her and they're like, you are under arrest. And she goes, sorry, boys, I got a date with a man named Prism. And she, you know, she looks and, and just then we see a shadow over the head of the sea cops. 
She springboards off the floor of the ship, grabs the bottom of the Sobex 9000, which is flying overhead, flips mm-hmm. over on top and is off to this and is off off towards the sunset. I'm going to say that uh, Blade McHilt seeing this, uh, he tries to uh, um, intercept, but the Sobex 9000 is too powerful. He could never have foreseen this level of uh, of power being output by this patchwork machine. And he it is going to sort of... Uh, grind off of the roof of his skull like a tony hawk on a fucking railing he's fine but it's just humiliating (laughs) yeah 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 and as she's walking as she's uh driving away with the almond toe gore storm is just gonna say ha it's no ha you haven't solved anything the olm was just a nice to have the omni fragment my god Ha! We got the fragment, idiot! <laughs> and with that, fire ignites on the... Ignites from Sobex, and, and it... Bl- sorry, sorry, sorry. Fire ignites from the Sobex 9000, and she is off towards her final confrontation, our final scene. And one, one final detail. Uh, as Gorestorm is going to uh, remove his stuck jet ski from the wall of this cave system and is sort of sweet talking the sea cops being like oh yeah i'm the foreman of these of these scientists uh a small micro explosive that that gator retin a small micro explosive that gator rex uh put on his arm go uh, fuck a small micro explosive that gator rex placed on gore storm's arm in the fray goes off exposing Blow, goes off, blowing off the flesh of his arm, revealing the robo skella arm beneath, letting what? the sea cops know only a villain looks like that. He was a robot. <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, final scene. Final scene. Uh, the final scene. Our our scene is what is the exact wording? Our scene is the protagonist defeats the antagonist, thwarting their sinister goal. Our specifics. Uh, with the Omni Fragment, uh, Prism has lifted the magnifying blast into the sky and is readying to, uh, and is using it. Thunder is crackling. It is embedded in his chest and he's glowing green. Uh, and like, you know, his hands have the, the like Doctor Strange orbs around them. You know, his mm-hmm. eyes are, are green and white and crackling. And he is floating above. He is about to unleash the magnifying blast's full power. Uh, you know, uh, just sort of turning it into sort of a, like a, a a space laser of destruction that he can kind of just swirl, fly around the planet, killing anybody that gets in his way. Mm-hmm. When uh, when Gator arrives, the two have their final battle, and Gator triumphs. Do we have any goals that we want to add to that scene, or do we feel like that's everything we want? Um, yes, I have one that is, I, uh, I mean, I can just do it and keep it a twist. Like I have a thing that I'm going to have happen. Um, I'm just going to lay it down as, uh, Gator learns a shocking truth about herself. Uh, I'm going to also add the goal of, uh, Xander comes through. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking this is the final moment when the, this is the final moment when the two plots converge. Uh, I'm going to say uh, also, obviously, Gator goes from sea, the sea's most wanted to the ocean's hero. Yeah. 
So we're so uh, the scene is set. I I will wrangle the scene because I have a clear idea of what's happening. Again, like seven issues later. Yeah, we're in a different plot. We're in a different mini arc. This is the last issue of the series. Yep. Or second to last issue because the last issue is going to be the wrap up and set up for the maybe sequel comic. Yeah, Blood Ocean Diesel uh, saws. Yep. Um, we're in C Cop HQ, which has been obliterated. Oh my god. Um, this, this ship, this, this headquarters ship, uh, is gone. We open on the dead body of Blade McHill. No! Having sacrificed himself to save, to save people's lives. And in the panic, um, a a contingent of sea cop, uh, reinforcements comes in, led by the Grand Admiral of the sea cops, Blade McHilt's father, Serrate McHilt, and... He looks up at the magnifying blast and down at this at the body of his son. He said, Son, I'm glad that even to the end you are a hero I could be proud of. And he looks up at the uh magnifying blast and says, But with a demonic device like that, I don't think even I could stop Gator Rex, the villain who I assume did this to you and is piloting that. <laughs> says all of those things. <laughs> Uh, his hand with his dying breath blade grabs his father's arm and says, no, father, look. And this is when we see the Sobex 9000 hurtling, hurtling towards the magnifying blast. <gasps> and, so, and he's <laughs> and <laughs> he says, my God, you're right. The man at the helm of that ship is none other than Senator Prism. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. And. Uh, so yeah, Prism turns is like it's too late, Rex. You 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 were too slow to stop me. Now I am fully empowered with the sea cops destroyed. There is no one who can stop me. And Gator Rex still in midair, uh, big plumes of flame erupting from the back of the Sovex nine thousand says, "Oh, I think I do have to stop you because I have dinner reservations later tonight." And I'd hate to be late. And I'm going to flip over to Butt. I'm going to say that mm-hmm. the Sobex 9000, she is going to place three canisters of propellant into it. And instead of it propelling the jaws shut, it's going to shoot a beam of white hot liquid flame out of the, uh, out of the mouth directly at the heart of the magnifying blast. Uh, and I'm going to add a power to Prism that is energy, that is energy control. Oh, hell yeah. With the power of the, uh, with the power of the, the, the fragment. Uh, and he stops the energy blast and throws it into the sky. No, he throws it towards the HQ and says, ha 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 ha. See, I told you you would join me that day out on the dock. And... <laughs> no idea we see for a moment uh a flashback of uh a young gator rex who has with her wooden training sword somehow held back the forces of prism enough to survive the massacre of her island and the uh and and all of the minions around her are are beaten and dazed and can no longer fight and she's just breathing heavily and she turns around and sees looming over her is prism laughing uh and he just looks down at her and says very impressive we could always use another on our crew and she just like 
goes to whap him in the head with the sword and he grabs it in midair and kicks her right in the chest uh breaks the sword over his knee laughs and leaves we cut back to the present where uh um where gator says i've learned a couple things since then prism not the least of which is it's always good to make a friend and we cut to hq as the energy blast is going towards it and we see that serrate mchilt has been given by his dying son the ulm and he holds it up with the, the instructions given to him by his dying son and it soaks up all of the energy that has been uh redirected by prism and he tosses the fully charged ulm into um gator's arms thanks kid gator um points it at the magnifying blast shoots through it the magnifying blast explodes but suddenly uh prism is just hovering lightning is crackling and it's you may have to, you may have stopped the magnifying blast, but I do not need the magnifying blast, for I am the magnifying blast, and lightning and throws a mountain of lightning at Gator Rex. Um, Gator Rex is going to take this full on. She cannot maneuver out of the way in time. She's going to, I think, jump off the Sobex and use her sword and sort of configure it into void mode, which she has unlocked in two or three issues ago and she's going to use it sort of as like a pogo stick to hit the uh the the lightning bolts and propel herself over them but one of them catches her right through the chest and she convulses and falls down like a mile and plunges into the water and is about to be drowned when coming up in a little submersible capturing er, and in a little submersible grabbing her in a robotic exo arm is none other but our boy Xander. Xander came through. So yeah, Xander, uh, Xander, Xander saves the day. She looks good looking out. Gator extends a hand that is at this point bloodied and like bruised. Uh, Xander says, Xander, pleasure to meet you. And uh, Gator says, gosh, don't suppose you have any, uh, Aces in the hole that can stop a godman with the powers of light and energy. <sighs> well, I got one. And he pulls out a, a sheaf of papers and he says, so, you know, I've been a big fan of yours ever since what you did to save my township, or at least attempt to. Um, and I was doing some research about you and about the Omni Fragment. And wh- Whatever you've got, just do it. We don't have time. He, uh, pulls out a syringe full of a strange glowing serum and says i i synthesized this after uh after observing the omni fragments spectral energies and she grabs it and says is this going me or him it's going into you because gator you are the last living descendant of the alien race that made the omni fragment and as she is suffused with this uh uh serum I'm going to say she gains fucking all of the same powers as Prism. And what we see is a flashback to that first issue, but she's not on the docks. She's on a spaceship. 
But people around her, her island home is of a course. spaceship. People around her are aliens. Prism is Prism is the warlord that is tearing down this alien spaceship. All of this, it is actually the one really artful moment in this terrible 90s comic <laughs> is that all of this is then re-portrayed to us through the lens of the of her being an alien and her home being a spaceship. Mm-hmm. And like the the sword is actually like just like a, an like a, an aluminum rod or like a carbon rod that is shattered over his knee and we see all of this changed and now yeah now she has all of his powers but also her ocean control powers and the omni fragment is 1000% like the fuel core to the ship which is why it was in mm-hmm. the fucking water cuz it got lost um all right so the uh so prism seeing her rise up out of the water is going to say ha back for more i'm always ready and she says i could fight you with this power and we could both destroy ourselves we could burn ourselves out but you forgot one thing he says i never forget anything i remember you back when you were a little girl on your dumbass spaceship the secret to this fight has never been violence she looks over to Xander. It has been peace. It's the peace and serenity. And she claps her hands and closes her eyes. And like the power starts to fall and she starts to sink a little bit, right? Like it seems like she's retreating. Mm-hmm. And then the ocean <gasps> rises. A tidal wave. The peace and serenity of the water. And Prism is engulfed no. and is dragged down down into the water deeper and deeper and deeper oh and with that i think there's going to be a deep in the ocean so you can see sort of like a uh, the 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 lights and the shapes but it's very hard to make out and there's a very muted sound very bassy you can see just shining and flashing lights frantically just going off in every direction, just huge tendrils of light flying through the depths of the ocean, and the water bubbles and rages above where uh, Prism was dropped below this, the waves, and eventually it becomes quiet, and we see in the distance uh, Serrate McHilt saluting and clapping for Xander and Gator Rex. And Gator Rex just looks at Xander and smiles... And looks all across this water world that has been her home for so long. And a tear, a golden glimmering tear forms as she just rises into the sky and takes off into the star seeking her true home. And Xander is sitting by himself when Serrate McHilt pulls up and says, It was quite impressive, son. You ever consider a career? You ever you ever consider making a career out of your technical know-how? Gee, I she, gee, I sure would. I was going to go to trade school. Ah, uh, how would? Let me tell you about Sea Cop scholarships. Oh boy! And he like, and the two of them ride off on their on their on their jet skis. Meanwhile, we see in a shot in space where uh, Gator Rex uh, she has brought. Uh, the Sobex 9000 with her. It's become sort of a silver surfer surfboard. Yeah. She's covered with those like Jack Kirby, like black dots on the aura. And there is a bitchin' 90s guitar solo playing, as it says, uh, Gator Rex will return in Death Galaxy Diesel slash Laser Swords. 
Fuck yeah. And that is game. I love it. That, that was ruled. great. That was fantastic. That was so much fun. <laughs> oh my Gosh. god. Thank you so much. Oh, that was great. Thank you, Tom. That was fantastic. Oh, it truly was. Here's the thing about this game. It fucking rules. I love it when a game is just like just enough. Just like yeah. take it and go. The game knows exactly what it wants to do. And like this game completely empowers you to tell the exact kind of stories that it wants you to tell. It worked out perfectly. It really did. Oh, man. Like for real, like make this a real comic. Like I would, fan I art people. The hell. Please, please. <laughs> I, I want to see it. Mm-hmm. Tom, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. This was a delight. Yes, thank you for having me. I loved it. So real quick before we wrap up, where can people find you and your work online? Oh, you can find me. I have a website, TomHarrison.com. That is T-A-W-M Harrison.com. That's going to have all my stuff, but you can find me on Twitter at TomHarrison19. Also, you can find ShuffleQuest on Twitter at ShuffleQuest or on its own website, ShuffleQuestPodcast.com. Fabulous. Well, thank you for coming on the show. This was a delight. And now I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take it, future me. Thanks, past me. And thanks again to Tom for coming on the show. That game was... Wow. That game was one for the record books, people. That game was very, very good. Be sure to follow Tom on Twitter at TomHarrison19. Be sure to follow ShuffleQuest on Twitter at ShuffleQuest. Be sure to follow the game's creator, Matthew R.F. Alasek, at MRFB on Twitter. Be sure to head to MRFB.itch.io to pick up Standoff. It is a phenomenal game that is well worth your time. And then, while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Like the show on Facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. Join our Discord community at, at bit.ly slash Party of One Discord. And if you enjoy the show, consider leaving us a nice iTunes review, a social media shout-out, or a word-of-mouth recommendation to a friend. All of those things help us grow, and which helps us do bigger, better, and cooler things. You can also consider backing me on Patreon at patreon.com slash jeffstormer to support the podcasting, game design, community support, all the cool stuff that I do across every single day. Speaking of cool stuff that I do, let me tell you about the other podcast that I do that's also very cool. All My Fantasy Children is a podcast on the One Shot Podcast Network in which my best friend Aaron Catano Saez and I take a listener-submitted prompt every single week and spin it into an original fantasy character, populating a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday at allmyfantasychildren.com. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates or about coming on to the show, you can shoot me an email at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody. <laughs>